0: Welcome everybody. I'm Kevin Miller. This is the Ziegler show inspired by the grandfather of inspiration himself, Zig Ziglar. Our focus here is you and your personal development. The way to have more tomorrow is to become more today. So we bring you the best of today's world influencers and discover how we can all apply new and classic methodologies of personal growth to our lives. And hey, Ziggler listeners, Zig would be so grateful to know that his influence through this show has us quickly approaching 40 million downloads. So this is just my thanks to you, not just for listening, but for passing on the Ziggler legacy in your own lives. In today's episode, we talk about what makes you, us, who we are and where we are and what we are. It's our habits, and we're going to open your eyes to some successful habits by auditing the habits of computer science professor Cal Newport, one of the more influential personalities of today's influencers. My main talk with Cal was show 703. It was titled, Get a Leash on Technology and Take Back Your World. Some of what you'll hear in this episode is, well, Cal's a follower of Michael Pollan and Mark Sisson and primal eating and exercising. He's big into cognitive fitness and the reality that the brain is a muscle that needs to be worked out consistently. He's a fan of multiple streams of income and literally states he does never trust one stream of income. His best career advice. Well, he borrowed it from Steve Martin. I'll let you wait to hear exactly what that was. He seeks high-quality leisure, plays guitar and some bands. All in all, not the picture you might have of a professor of computer science at an Ivy League school. Uh, Connect with Cal at calnewport.com. Check out his new book, Digital Minimalism, wherever you buy books. I just had my two teenage boys read it. So we're going to dive in with Cal and open your eyes to some great habits that you can adopt after we give gratitude to our show sponsors. All right, Cal, well, time for a little behind the scenes on you, the producer of these great works we've been talking about uh, on the habits of your life. Number one is the physical and nutrition side. And I love in the first show that we did together, you're talking about, I'm now thinking about habits, kind of like my philosophies in these areas. So maybe I'll put it to you that way. What's your philosophy in physical and nutrition world?
1: Well, you know, it's it's something that's always evolving but on the nutrition side i would say i'm probably some combination of mark sisson and mike pollen i see pollen on the shelf behind you there yeah
0: yeah absolutely i'm a big fan
1: as we speak i mean typically you know for breakfast and lunch when i'm working i'm straight up primal it's it's not a lot nothing processed not a lot of grains a lot of vegetables proteins healthy fats and then when it comes time to dinner just real food which is, you know, we we try to make a good dinner for the family, eat real food, stay away from the junk, uh, keep it simple. On the fitness side, I'm a big believer that you should lift something heavy or push something hard every day just because otherwise, I don't know if this is science behind it, right? But it seems to me that your muscles should get a big strain every day, even if only brief, because otherwise they get dormant. Mm -hmm. Oh, we don't need to develop. We don't, you know, it's very unnatural if you don't lift heavy things or push things even just a little bit each day. And so, Every morning, the first thing I do when I wake up is thirty push ups, thirty pull ups. Nice. And I just feel like it activates, gets the blood flowing, like oh. it tells my body, like, hey, we're we're up, we do things. And and so, you know, those com- that's that simple combination uh, is, is what I've been relying on for the past few years. I
0: love it. I've got a, an upcoming book as well. And it's somewhat of a contrarian approach to stress. My business partner, who's a doctor, he says the opposite of stress is death uh, or another way to say atrophy. Cause yeah, absolutely. If I'm not using these arms anybody who's ever had a cast knows what happens when you don't use those muscles. So I love your, your premise on that. Next one is family and friends, or so you can just think of relationships. What are the things that you're employing to keep your
1: relationships healthy? Well, I mean, the, the two things I've always believed in is, one, uh, I like having a strict separation between work and no work. Mm. And so the the way I like to work is, okay, I'm working, it's clear when I'm working. When I'm done, it's clear that I'm done so that I can then invest time fully in my family or yeah. friends. Um, I'm also a big believer in the, in the literature that says what you really need to satisfy your human social drive is you actually have to sacrifice non-trivial time and energy on behalf of these social connections. Hmm. You need to go somewhere. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to your event. I'm going to come to your house. We're actually going to go out. We're going to get a meal. We're going to go for a walk. It's taking my time. I'm, I'm, I'm sacrificing my energy on behalf of the relationship. That really strengthens relationships. That really makes you feel connected and social versus by contrast, let's say doing things that don't require a lot of energy, such as just leaving a comment on social media yeah. or shooting a quick text message over. And so I have this analog model of sociality is that what's going to make me feel more connected is me sacrificing on behalf of the connections. And so I, I'm always out there look, trying to find ways to do that. You know, How can I actually give some of myself to be a part of, help, or connect with someone I care about?
0: Gosh, that's a great perspective. So I can't get away with my family by just the group text, huh?
1: Yeah, yeah, that's my philosophy. <laughs> Thank you.
0: <laughs> uh, third spoke is mental. What are the things you employ for your mental wellness?
1: Well, I mean, as the guy who wrote Deep Work, I I care quite a bit about, let's say, my ability to focus. And so I care a lot about cognitive fitness. Mm-hmm. And so I worry, like, what am I exposing myself to? Am I exposing myself to a lot of uh, quick distractions? Am I, am I not giving my, my brain enough boredom, enough time focusing on hard things. I, so I really think of my brain as, as a muscle. I don't want to overwhelm it. I don't want it to get too distracted. And then from the mental health perspective, uh, I, I care a lot about presence. And I think a lot about rumination hmm. and being able to to build. And it's something I've really worked a lot on, trying to trying to build some separation between yourself and the ruminative conversation that's always going on. Sometimes it could be negative you know, self-talk, and sometimes it's just tedious, like writing emails in your brain or just thinking through, bouncing from thing to things. that's sort of scattershot inner dialogue that's always there, finding some separation from that, wow. allowing that to be over here, and that's okay, but you're here and you're doing this. Yeah. That's something I've worked a lot on, and I think from a mental health perspective, it's it's been quite beneficial. Goodness, yes.
0: Financial is the next one. What are the financial habits that you have employed
1: for wellness there? I mean, this might... This probably comes from the fact that I was a, an entrepreneur as a teenager. So during the first dot-com boom back in the 90s, mm-hmm. I, I had my own company. And so I was immersed at a very early influential age with lots of literature and entrepreneurship. And, and ever since then, I always think of myself, my professional career, as I'm a business. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm Cal Newport Incorporated. I'm a business. I have these various different product lines and ways and customer bases and the way we create revenue and things that we're in, investing in. Um, they were investing to grow the business, you know, uh, thinking about it through that perspective, as opposed to just a mindset of uh, who's my employer and what salary am I getting? Yeah. Like, oh, I have this job. I get this salary. Great. That's the, that's the foundation of my financial world. So I've, I've always had this mindset of, I don't trust any particular stream of income to always be there. I don't trust any particular institution to always have my back. And so I see my financial life as I'm a business and I hustle (laughs) just like you would when you're running a business. And I, and, and so I I always have multiple things going on, diversifying skills. Um, For someone like me, what does it mean to invest in my business to grow it? For me, that might mean something like uh, I am going to take time off, you know, maybe I'm a professor, right? So in the, in the, in the summer, you don't get paid in the summer. You can, you can get research grants to cover your summer, right? Uh, for working on research, but the university doesn't pay you in the summer. So for me, investing in the business, if I think about it through that mindset, could be something like, I'm not going to take grant money for July. I'll cover that out of whatever my own resources so that I can spend the entire month, let's say developing a new book or a new idea that in the future could be another revenue stream. And so I've always seen my financial life more from a business and less uh, from the perspective of just, I'm an employee, I work, I make this much money. I try not to spend more than I make. Seeing it like a business that I'm trying to grow that, 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 that I have to care about revenue versus income. I think it's been useful.
0: Well, I love it coming from the entrepreneurial world. Uh, of course, uh, not probably something I expect to hear from a tenured professor, uh, as much. So, uh, got it. Spiritual is the next one, Cal. Tell us about that area of life.
1: Well, so my wife and kids are Jewish. So we're, we're pretty big, uh, observers of, you know, we do Shabbat dinner on yep. Friday, uh, weekend is as is a, a different time than the week. Uh, these type of, these type of ideas I find are important more generally. I think, you know, most people would agree that often in these timeless spiritual traditions are captured ideas that work Mm -hmm. because that's why they're still around. And that, that, and, and sure. I mean, this, so this is something I, I do a lot of reading about, um, religions, for example, I come from a long line of religious scholars in my family. Um, and so it's sort of, it's sort of the family business. Um, it's conveyed in a different way than we're used to conveying things in the 20th century, where things are maybe just empirical or scientific. But there, there's, there's great truths in a lot of these traditions, and it's something I like to study um, and like to try to practice and participate in. And so that's an evolving part of my life, but I think it's an important one.
0: Yes, I, I agree. We are not Jewish, and yet uh, Advent and Passover and some of those traditions are adored by my family, young and old. Yeah. Everybody loves what it means. And, uh, gosh, so interesting to hear that from me. Thank you. Hey friends, thanks for tuning in to the Ziggler Show, and I trust you're getting inspiring ideas for successful habits from Cal Newport. Again, his latest book that's atop the bestseller list right now is Digital Minimalism. I just had my two teenage sons read it, led to some incredibly valuable conversation. So we'll continue through the spokes of the Ziggler Wheel of Life and Cal's Healthy Habits right after I share some great products and services from Ziggler's esteemed show sponsors. Career? What do you do on the career side? You just talked about the business of Cal Newport and your different endeavors, and you do have different endeavors. I'm sure you've got uh, opportunities galore. What are the things that you do to keep your career track where you want it to be?
1: Well, one of the more important pieces of career advice I came across uh, was from Steve Martin. Okay, beauty. Right. So he has a memoir. It's great, called Born Standing Up. Right. It's a memoir. That's a very influential book. It's slim, but it's it's very good. And there was two pieces of advice I got out of there that I found to be very important. In fact, I even wrote a book based on one of those pieces of advice, but there's two things in there that are really important. Uh, so one, he said in the book, I'm often asked, actually this wasn't in the book. This was in a Charlie Rose interview about the book, but huh, I associate okay. it with the book. Okay. Uh, he, he said to, to the interviewer, I'm often asked by young uh, people in the entertainment industry, how to, what's the secret? Like, how do I make it big? And, and Martin says, the answer I give them is never what they're looking for. They, they always think I'm going to give them some sort of insider tip about how to find the right agent or, or how to get noticed. But he said, what I always tell them is be so good they can't ignore you. Yeah. And if you do that, all the other good things will come. And so I found that important enough that I, I wrote a book back in 2012 yeah. called So Good They Can't Ignore You yeah. that basically is a, a – it starts from that premise and really unpacks it. The other thing that I took from that book that's been crucial – to my career is that he talks about how one of the most important traits for his success was diligence. Hmm. And the way he defined diligence was it's not just about continuing to work on the same thing. It's about continually saying no to everything else. Hmm. So for him, it was his comedy and his banjo playing. He said what was important to him is that he said no to everything else so that he could just relentlessly focus on the small number of things. And that's what I based my career more or less on, I said, I have my writing and I'm a computer science research, and I just want to relentlessly do that. And I want to get better and better and better at those things. I want to do those as well as possible. And, and and you know, some, some ancillary things come out of it. But for the most part, I've, I've tried to be very diligent. It's like I don't even have social media accounts because I want to write. I'd rather write something better. I'd rather write a better paper. And that's what I've done essentially for my career, it's had a very small number of things that all I want to do is get better and better and better at. Diligently say no to all these other types of opportunities along the way. And as a result, I can look back 15 years later, and now I can do very interesting things. My career is in a very interesting place. Um, but I credit it to those two pieces of advice. Be so good they can't ignore you, everything will work out. And to do that requires that you relentlessly focus on a small number of things and just come back to it again and again and again, get better, 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 push, 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 to be more and more valuable in those areas. Uh, And that's what I've done. And that's what I hope to continue to do. I love it. I don't know if I have Steve Martin on the show, but I think we got his best
0: stuff right there. Um, Personal is the last one, Cal. And this is the, yeah, the fun hobbies play the things that you do just for your own joy.
1: I would say this is, I mean, it's an area I'm probably working on now because I'm, I'm, I'm coming out of a period of three very young kids (laughs) so so what 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 time do you lose what's the first to go yeah well it's 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 the personal but i mean the things that have uh persevered is uh i'm a huge reader and so when i when i can get time back to read that's usually when the first things to come back in uh i've been dabbling back with getting back into my guitar playing i used to play in bands all throughout my my sort of All throughout my childhood and teenage years, I played in bands. But there's just something physical and skill-based about it that I think is is very rewarding. Um, And as my kids are getting a little bit older, being able to find real activities that we can do together and develop, again, real value out of it. And so you know, my most recent book, I I go through this long case for why high-quality leisure, so activities you do for no other reason than just the intrinsic quality activities, is something that's foundational to human flourishing. And so I'm trying to eat my own dog food there. And yeah. I'm systematically, since that book came out, I'm systematically trying to introduce more time where I'm doing hard, but really quality activities for no other reason than just it's, it's really quality and enjoyable to do
0: high quality leisure. I may have the title to show that it's a good, that's a good line yeah. and a good call. I and mean, thank you for giving us just, yeah, behind the scenes, look at the healthy habits that you put in place that have helped you bring your great works to us. Thank you, Cal.
1: Well, it's my pleasure. Thanks, Kevin.
0: Well, friends, I hope this show with Cal has you inspired to be so good they can't ignore you. Again, connect with Cal at calnewport.com and check out his new book, Digital Minimalism, wherever you buy books. Coming up next in show 706, what is more valuable than having human relations skills? Well, maybe nothing. I mean, the quality of your relationships, the quantity of your relationships and the joy in your relationships is equal to your human relations abilities. Uh, along the way, we all learn some basic things. Uh, but here you're going to hear Zig Ziglar's 10 Commandments of Human Relations. Uh, you're probably doing some of them well and benefiting from them. But the question is, where are you not doing well and suffering, or at least not benefiting as much as you could? So I'm going to play a four minute clip from Zig Ziglar where he quickly takes us down his list. And judging that Zig is held up as one of the very top most successful communicators of all time, the list feels fairly irrefutable. I asked the Ziegler audience, which of Zig's Ten Commandments, and I listed them out, uh, do you most succeed with and which ones do you most struggle with? Tom Ziegler joined me to talk through the comments. I'll tell you right off, the area people are weakest in, nearly 50% or, or more said they failed at remembering and calling people by their names. It's one thing to remember them, another to consistently call them and reference their name. People love to hear that word. Uh, It's Zig's rule number three, Uh, but listen on, and you're going to want to hear the rest, which I pose, go a good bit deeper than just the name till then. Thank you as always for letting me walk with you as we inspire our true performance together.